Welcome to Story Story Night, where you hear true stories on a theme recorded live in Boise, Idaho. I'm your host, Jody Eichelberger. On this podcast, it's a family feud. Here's the slam from our season, Be In The Game. We pre-selected some audience members and they shared their stories inspired by the theme, Family Feud, from our soundstage for an online audience. It's game time and it's story time. Our first slammer is going to be Sean Rasmussen. Good evening. Uh, So in June of uh, next year, uh, my wife and I will have been married for 25 years. And uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, when you've been married for 24 and a half years, your marriage has, uh, has weathered some storms. You know, you've seen some stuff. Uh, for better or worse, we definitely got both of those. Uh, uh, richer or poorer, I think we got at least one of those, mostly just one. Uh, sickness, health, we've done those. And all that was fine. We, we handled them pretty good. We've, uh, we've raised two children to adulthood. We have uh, two grown children. Uh, that went well. No, no major hiccups there. Uh, we even built a, a cabin in Idaho City together with our own forehands. Uh, well, we used tools also, but because uh, that would be weird. But, uh, but all of that went pretty well without incident. We, we don't fight a lot, you know? I know some couples fight about, like, uh, politics, or some couples fight about money, or some couples fight about their kids, or uh, how to decorate the living room, and uh, we more or less get along. We're usually on the same page, but there is one family feud that we have uh, in our marriage, and that is flying kites. I, I know, yeah, you heard me right, flying kites. We cannot fly a kite together, and we don't really know why, but uh, we have tried. We, we know this because we've tried twice uh, before and uh, the first time was when we were newly married. We had a little apartment off of uh, of Orchard Street in Boise, and uh, we thought uh, it'd be a nice uh, sort of breezy Sunday afternoon activity to go fly a kite. And so we we got a kite and we went to the park. And it, like I don't know if it wasn't windy enough or if I wasn't running the right way or if she wasn't holding it the right way or what but pretty soon i'm criticizing her and she's criticizing me and we just end up in this like bitter bitter argument and then don't speak to each other for the rest of the night over a kite and so we just kind of like all right that did not go as planned we're not going to do that anymore and uh for a period of years that was how it went um and then kids came along and we we have a, a daughter and a son and and once our kids came along, of course, we wanted to do, we wanted to fly a kite with the kids. And so, you know, the kids are a little bit older. Some years have passed. We thought, well, we're certainly mature enough to handle this now. So we got a kite and we got the kids and we went to the park and it was a little bit windier. So, you know, we were like going to give it the, the old college try this time. We'll get this done. And, uh, you know, so I grabbed the string and I'm running as fast as I can into the wind. And I think I, I must have like put down my personal best 10k that day trying to get the bloody thing to stay in the air 
And it just wouldn't. And again, the criticisms come in and I'm like, well, fine, you do it. And she tries to do it. And uh, so it was really the exact same scenario. We're just being both, both of us really unreasonable, but like mostly her. Uh, and, uh, but the kids are crying and we're screaming at each other. The kite is now like this mangled albatross stuck in a tree. And uh, it just, it, it was terrible. There's no upside to this activity. And so we stopped it. We're just never doing that. And that's how it went for about uh, 14 years. Uh, occasionally a friend might say to us, hey, you know, it's, it's kind of windy out. Do you want to go fly a kite? And we would be like, no, 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 no. And they're like, well, we didn't offer you heroin. We just want to fly a kite, you know. <laughs> uh, not going to do it. And they, they didn't know. We didn't have time to explain. Uh, that all continued that way until this past spring. Uh, my son graduated from high school, uh, and my daughter actually graduated from college. And because COVID had kind of shut down graduation celebrations, we decided to hold our own celebration on the Oregon coast. And uh, we were on the beach. One of my nieces had a kite. And my son says to us, you know, I think I might try to fly this kite. And we're like, son, are you sure that you want to do that? And he's like, yeah, I think I got it, dad, you know. And so he goes over there, and what happened next, we, no one could have uh, predicted, but he was a total pro. It was super easy. He just held the thing in the wind. It went to the end of its 200-foot line. It was up there. He had total control the whole time. And he's sort of looking at us with this look like, guys, what is the big deal? And we were sort of looking at him with this look like, we don't know. <laughs> it's just something we don't know how to do. Uh, and so we kind of learned a couple things. First of all, we learned that whatever witch's curse had been put on us uh, when we were married, is it's not generational. So it dies with us, thank goodness. And then uh, we also learned that, uh, at least for us, the key to a happy marriage is to never, under any circumstance, try to fly a kite. Thank you. <laughs> I knew about this story in advance uh, because Sean is my brother-in-law and uh, there was a holiday where we were at my mom's and she has this common ground, common area and we pulled out a kite and my nephew said, uh, I, we had it up in the air and my nephew kind of sidled up to me who is 18 years old. Uh, yeah, he w or maybe he was 17. Anyway, he sidles up to me and says, do you think I could, do you think I could hold the kite? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> of course, sure. Uh, I've actually never held one before. <laughs> I was like, what? And then we kind of got, uh, this is more detailed than I've ever heard before because it still was something we couldn't really talk about. It was just said, mom and dad can't handle kites. <laughs> So we moved on, but I'm glad to hear he had a successful uh, uh, tour at the, maybe you just have to be at the beach. Maybe that's the place to fly kites and not in Boise, Idaho. And uh, we have a person who is not new to the story, Story Night stage. Uh, she has been both a slammer and a featured storyteller. And not this last year, but the previous season competed for Slammer of the Year as part of which team? Do you remember which team you were part of? It was either Union Pacific or, uh, Matt, what was the name of your team? This team. 
We were Central Pacific, I want to say, I want to say. Okay, Central Pacific Railroad. Please welcome with her family feud story, Ruth Schwartz. All right, well, it's not quite kites, but my family feud is a woman against fish. And not a fish, but fish. And the way I knew I was in a family feud is because my now ex-husband came home with his first pair of waders. And there were signs, because we'd go on camping trips, and all of a sudden, this guy is like, I'm just going to drop a line. I'll be back soon. And that was strange. So to build some context around this story, when I married this guy, he was a singer in a rock and roll band. Black leather and tats. It was sexy. And waders. You know what I'm talking about, right? There are these big rubber pants that go up to your armpits. Not sexy. Sorry, guys. You add a vest and a hat and some pliers to that ensemble, and you might attract fish. But you don't attract women, at least not this one. And then my husband came home with a float tube. So now, He's in a rubber donut in his waders with flippers on. And all I could think to myself is he looks like a giant frog. And I think the idea is to float out into the water real quiet so you can sneak up on the fish uh, looking like a frog. But the, the piece de resistance of the fisherman is the day they discover flies. And I am talking about those pieces of string with some feathers on the end of a line. So now he's big frog guy floating quietly, doing that thing, imitating an insect. Now, all I could think to myself at this point, as he would tell me these stories, now, here's how the story started. It wasn't the fish is this big stories. It was that fish looked me in the eye and it mocked me. <laughs> or I have to go back to that hole because I got to teach that fish a lesson. And my thought at that moment was, oh my God. Uh, we're talking about a grown man with the most evolved brain on the planet, you know, frontal lobes, consciousness, rational thought, creativity, emotion, against the smallest, most primitive brain on the planet, the fish. And the fish was winning. <laughs> but this is how our feud played out. Hey, what you doing? I'm going fishing. You got a problem with that? I knew I was going to lose this feud the day I came home and father and son were on the couch and they were watching fishing on television. Now, I am not without empathy. I know this is a male bonding experience and as male bonding experiences go, this is not a bad one. I also understand rivers, lakes and streams and nature and beauty. I understand water church. But this activity of watching other men fish on television, I did not get it. 
And so even though I can proudly say that this is not what ended my marriage, I am now a single fishing widow. And I have developed an adage about this whole feud. And it goes something like this. You've probably heard part of this before. You give a man a fish and he eats for a day. You teach a man a fish to fish and he will sit in a boat or a tube in the water like a frog with an insect and drink beer all day. And in my family feud, it was fish one and woman zero. Thank you, Ruth. All right. Uh, you know, actually, one of my favorite songs as a kid, and I can't remember which album this was on. It might have been on the Muppet Show album. Uh, hey, Todd, maybe we can get this one going. Do you know I'm in love with the big blue frog? Oh. You don't know that standard? No, okay. I stumped, I stumped the pianist, everyone. I did it. Maybe do It's Not Easy Being Green. No, no, that's not the song. Okay. It's, I'm in love with a big blue frog. A big blue frog loves me. It's not as bad as it appears. He wears glasses and he's six foot three. Gwomp, 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 gwomp. Ribbit, ribbit, ribbit. Gwomp, 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 gwomp. Ribbit, ribbit, ribbit. I cannot remember uh, any more of that song, but... Uh, that sounded exact. That was it. You got it. It's in your blood. It's in. There. I must have heard it before. Yeah, you must. I mean, everyone's heard. I'm in love with the big blue frog. Uh, you know, and uh, Ruth told us what her husband was wearing. The big hip waiters that came up to him. Um, you know, but when she went out and said, "Hey, what's going on?" You, you didn't describe what you were wearing. Uh, perhaps if you were dressed like a fly, that could have been. You know, hook, line, and sinker. <laughs> maybe. Oh. What's that? Maybe wearing waiters yourself. That, I mean, wow. it's mysterious. I've never seen that done in burlesque, but yeah. that doesn't mean I've seen some interesting burlesque pieces. It could be that that's been done. All right, and we've got some feedback for Ruth. <laughs> that was great. Ha ha, great story, Ruth. I probably didn't do that with enough enthusiasm. Ha <laughs> ha ha. Ha Great story. Thank you for listening. Story Story Night is funded in part by the Idaho Commission on the Arts and the National Endowment for the Arts. Thank you to our media sponsor, Radio Boise. Podcast production is by Stephen Baldessari. Support this podcast by texting STORYPOD to 44321. Find out how to participate in our live show at www.storystorynight.org or visit us on Facebook. I'm Jody Eichelberger. Thanks for being a part of our story.